0: Cast. Cast. hello welcome to abracadabra create what you speak i'm ilana zulai your host a spiritual mentor and a sound therapist for you who are ready to reclaim your power to bring your gifts to to the world and to shine to shine your gifts and to bring them to light and this is a spiritually uh, empowered program is to empower you who are ready Uh, and to bring people who can shine the light and bring their gifts to the world, whether they're spiritualists, um, artists, scientists, anybody, everybody has a gift. How do we discover our gifts? And today I have a wonderful guest in the film business niche, um, Rebecca, Dr. Rebecca Smith. She is uh, a world-renowned film festival doctor. She kind of cornered that term and that niche in a quite a remarkable way and we'll we'll talk with her she um, she found her niche and drove her business to increasing heights through mastering spiritual and business practices Now, this is a interesting combination because many times um, people don't associate spirituality with business spiritual and, and physical and the contrary is correct it's how do we infuse spirituality with everything that we do Uh, in this physical realm so I want to welcome uh, Dr Rebecca Smith hi Rebecca
1: hi how are you
0: I'm wonderfully great thank you how are you feeling
1: I'm good thank you Uh, over here it is uh, in the evening so it's uh, very 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 chilly and very cold at the moment but it's very nice that I am doing what I love speaking to you so great Uh, to be here
0: well that's a that's a thank you very much Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well you're in England right yeah. At the
1: moment, yes, I'm in, in at the moment and we're in lockdown part two, um, yeah. so it's um, wow. not quite the same as it was before, thank goodness, both in terms of the amount of deaths and all that kind of drama, but there is a little bit more flexibility, um, so it's, it's just very weird because it's, it's, just the weather's very different because before it was really, really warm and now it's really cold, mm. so it's mm. quite, quite, a, yeah. quite a big difference.
0: So you so uh, second lockdown, yes, yeah, qu- quite a drama, and, and I, I'd say it's um, I don't know. What do you think? You think it's a it's a drama? It's a big. Uh, how, how do you feel about the corona, the coronic times? How do you feel about that?
1: Well, it's definitely it's definitely real, and yes, it exists. And I and my heart goes out to those who have lost their lives during yeah, yeah. this this time. I know people that have had it, both severe and. Mild and people might think they've had it, but weren't sure. Yeah. Um, people do confuse it right now because of the time of year with the flu. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of false, of false positive tests in the UK. So mm-hmm. people actually say they have it, but they haven't got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all that confusion. It's all just very much like the, no one, no, nothing is certain. Nothing is yeah. stable right now. Yeah. Um, everything changes every day. So I think we just, it's really built us up to be resilient, and grounded people, do we have to, you know, really now control how we respond to this situation? Yeah. Because we can't control it. Nobody can, not even the government.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, we can go, you know, I, I see it as this this virus uh, came and, and, you know, got, got promoted. He thought he'll be uh, eliminated really fast and then he got promoted to a political offices, to religious offices. Now I'm staying. So he likes it. So he stays around, you know, it's, it's, um, but, so we are evolving. We are evolving in in adapting to situations. You know, many people would say, Oh, we want things to go back to how they were, and you know, they won't go back to how they were. It is how do we shift our perception mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. continue because we are that kind of species. We we survive, and then once we realize that we're surviving, we thrive, right? we're looking for to thrive or we're looking for thrivation. Uh, whatever if there is such a word so rebecca thank you for being here you we are here also to talk about your new book born to do it right yeah this is great and and um uh and you come from you come from academia you have a phd in in film business right phd in film business
1: that's right so the phd is in film and audience research Mm, um so my my thesis is actually on the director Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, and yeah. I read that he it, was
0: your that he was your uh, mentor, film. Mentor. He's
1: like my icon. Yeah, um, I hear you. <laughs> so he he yeah, he's brilliant. Um, so it's a really interesting PhD. It, it looks at how his fans respond emotionally to his films, uh-huh. and what the difference is between, say people who aren't fans and just general cinema goers so it's quite a really in-depth thorough audience research-based phd so lots of research with interviewing fans which is really interesting back in the day so i'm glad i did that i did it back in the day actually when i say back in the day but i did it when there was no um you know big interaction on facebook it was a good old fashioned forum yes 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 (laughs) yes i hear you i hear you so it was very much like wow this does feel very old-fashioned compared to how people do things now
0: yeah, that's true. It wasn't there. there wasn't a lot of uh, <clears throat> accessibility, access, yep. and uh, and as we know in films, depends what which films you're doing. You know, if, if it's feature, it's feature, but um, access is really is really the 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 matter here about access. And and one of the things that really attracted me about uh, talking with you, because I also come from a film. Um, well, I don't really come from a film world, but I started my documentary about ten years ago, and this year, hopefully, things will be a little bit more in a locked position. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, but what's attracted me more, because of the connection to film, is your uh, interaction, how you bring how you bring spirituality into business, and but the way that you use it, the way that I notice is you you using spiritual tools. As, as, as I read it somewhere in the promo or uh, spiritual tools. Now, here's a question. And it's like, what is spirituality? The first thing that came to me is like, what is spirituality for you? Is spirituality a tool or is spirituality a way of life? And you know, it, it is because you could, you know, you can make some, if it's a tool, then it's an, it's an expandable tool because tool can be replaced. But if it's a way of life, then... You know, and then as I was going through your book, I, I, I saw how you are focusing on finding the soul's purpose. So why don't you tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself, because you'll do a better job than I did. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and let's talk and share with me a little about your book. How did you get to, what was your breaking point for spirituality in, in, in inclusion?
1: Well, first of all, I do definitely um, perceive spirituality to be a way of life, not a tool for the business. Um, both go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You've got the business, and you've got spirituality, and that you are you are one with it. So it's within you. So when you have identified and tuned into what your sole purpose is, what you're put on this earth to do, what you're born to do—in other words, hence the name of the book—that's when you know what you're supposed to be doing with your life, for your career as an entrepreneur or as a strong businesswoman whatever and you have to have the right business tools and the right spiritual tools in place for what i perceive what i've learned over the past 15 years to really get the business that your heart and soul desires mm-hmm. so that's how i but i i only realized this like you know when i was writing the book recently put it all into words i've been feeling it and living it for the past you know like 10 years but before that i didn't know what that was and it was when i got a wake-up call for universe where they showed me what my sole purpose was and I tuned into it without asking was mm-hmm. when things changed. So yes, you're right. I was in the world of academia and I thought what I wanted. This is all based upon what people said I should do, mm-hmm. not actually mm-hmm. what I wanted.
0: Yes, yes. Um, we're, so f- the, we're familiar with it all oh, so much, right?
1: All the time, all the time. Yeah. Um, 24-7. So I presumed what I wanted to do was move to Wales in Aberystwyth, cold, wet, and windy Wales. Wo- worse than it is right now, worse than it was, say, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But cold, wet and, wet, and windy Wales. Settle down, have a you know wonderful life down there. Teach, live in the world of academia, and you know, and just have a peaceful, quiet life. Then it was the opposite happened. So whilst I was studying for my PhD, um, it is a quite a lonely, isolating, isolating process because you're in your in your head a lot you in your what's a what's lonely
0: what, what is lo- what's the process that is lonely the spiritual process or the academia no
1: the academia because okay. you're writing a lot it's Something you have to do yourself. You email your supervisor, but it's not like it's a group project. It's mm-hmm, like you're authoring mm-hmm. a book yeah. that will change a lot of a lot of um, worlds in terms of academia. So it is a bit like that. It's very isolating, but you know it's rewarding. But it's very much your own work to do. Yes, You've got, yes, like, yes. Support groups, but it's not quite the same thing. And a friend of mine was um, asked was asked to produce and put on a horror film festival at the university by the Wales a council for film. So he said, Would you like to help out? And I was like, Yeah, it'd be a nice happy distraction from the PhD writing 24-7. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be a good thing for me to do and just interact with people and see people. And when I w- was doing that, that happy distraction, that hobby, and that you know, like passing the time was actually my sole purpose. It actually told me that when I was producing the festival, I came alive and I thought, I love doing this. I actually felt myself the first time in forever. I just had this whole change in me. And I thought, I'm really enjoying this more than the PhD. I had to think to myself, was it just because it's like in the moment? So whilst at a conference, um, academic conference, I was a bit bored. But a friend of mine said, um, isn't academia the best thing in the world? This is a better place to be, isn't it? I thought, nope, it's not. It's the film industry. So as was the it the film? Continue?
0: Was it really the film or the connection with people? Because academia, like you know, we say it's, it's kind of a lonely thing. And was it yeah. would you would you feel the same thing you think in music? I mean
1: um I, 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 for I, me it was the connection with the whole environment, um a film festival world. I see, yeah. And producing it, like organizing it all with the with the team. I hear you, I know what you mean by yeah. Um yeah. I thought this is where I want to be. I don't want to be in the world of academia because I know it's so different, but I don't feel me that I'm supposed to be destined to do academia. Mm -hmm. And then as time went on, um, the PhD actually helped me identify skills um, in business. Mm -hmm. And there was a gap in the market that filmmakers didn't know who to turn to, to help them get their films seen at festivals. Yes. I was like, there's a gap in the market. So you developed
0: a strategy for that. You develop a strategy on how to get films into, which is great. I mean, you you know, it's, it's really great. I, I know when I, Start pitching my film a few years back, and but just being in the world of document and, and and seeing a film festival and seeing this kind of work and interaction. I mean, to me, it was a little too too hectic. But that was that's me. But so yeah, so so that is so that is um that is a niche now. So people, but before before we get that horror films,
1: mm-hmm. how
0: I, I mean, do you like horror films? Yes, I do. uh, do. Well,
1: if they're done well, because when we were producing the horror film festival, we had a lot of films got sent to us that were not great. There were some brilliant films, but there were some films that were not good. So I know exactly what a really good horror film is after watching so many. I mean, I thought I'd seen millions by the point I finished it, but we saw a hell of a lot of submissions. And there were some, as I said, some gems. There was a brilliant film actually from Wales called Devil's Bridge, which was a very... Tense and scary uh, feature film. There was Descent, was another one, and also one called Kidnapped, which is all like one take uh-huh. in a brilliant way. A Spanish film of a family gets terrorized. You know, it's incredible. So there was some great films, but then you see some films that aren't great. So I've actually be- I came became like immune to being scared because we saw so much that I knew what was going to happen. Yeah,
0: what, what what makes you know? Don't listen. When I was ten years old, I decided that I loved Jack Nicholson and I watched The Shining when I was mm-hmm. 10, I couldn't sleep for years. <laughs> so what now I can tell, I don't know if you consider that, but for me, it was a horror film. Although you didn't see, it's like in Jaws, you don't see the shark until three quarters of the movie is in just because the music carries the weight of the, of the feeling of the, what makes a horror film in this niche? Cause I, you know, I've never talked with somebody to that extent about horror films, except for one person that I know that is, he, he he directs actually horror, but uh, so what makes a horror film a good horror film? I mean, the the text or the the scary or the killings or what?
1: It's more the story and how it's been crafted and executed. So huh. if it's full of executed, cliches, right? yeah, if it's full of cliches that we've all seen before, and the audience are one step ahead and know what's going to happen next, and predictable kind of dialogue then that's not very interesting. It'll just lose interest and it'll be boring. If it's one, though, that really shakes up the genre and puts something unexpected in, like The Babadook is a really good example because you do not see that twist coming and the way that it's built up is really scary. That's a good example. Um, A good horror film that is really going to be memorable, be very striking and be very interesting is ones which push the boundaries and they're not afraid to shake things up and be disruptive mm. and really show a different vision that isn't full of cliches and the same camera angles, the same, mm-hmm. uh, the same final girl, all the things that people know when it's something fresh and innovative that has a really raw vision and they're not afraid to show it because they're aggressive to show it. That's a mm. good start.
0: Mm. And so the reason I asked that about, about horror film, because, you know, for, we're a spiritual being, being uh, having a this experience, right? I see us yeah. as like a car. The body, mm-hmm. our body, is the car. The soul is the driver, right? Yep. The soul is the driver. You can put the car on idle while you go to sleep. You know, the person is not dead, but he's not mm-hmm. awake. You know, he's an idle. Position. There are many Kabbalistic terms for what is happening there or uh, understandings. But the reason I ask about that is what we get in is usually what comes out. So the way that I see that and the way that I experience that is if I bring any kind of stuff like that or any other things or any other negative things, it will for me at least, it will prompt to get similar things out because what comes in has to go out. So how do you juggle that? Was it difficult for you in the beginning? I mean, you are in a, you're you are talking about finding your soul's purpose, and I don't know how deep you go in spirituality. Nevertheless, it is something that can affect the way of your presence, how you are with another person, how you are with this. Now, I'm talking with you, you're this sweet, lovely lady that is sitting in England and I'm speaking with her and it's exciting to speak with you. And yet um, you are in this horror genre. So something doesn't sit right with me, maybe because I'm judgmental. I don't know, but it feels like whatever comes in um, will come out. And I, I mean, how, how does it work with you? How does it
1: totally agree with that it is pretty much what you put in you get out and that's with everything it doesn't always feel that way sometimes but it's true I mean for example with horror um my clients aren't always horror film directors or have horror films we do everything um documentary short film fiction non-fiction uh the whole lot music videos screenplays as well sometimes Mm -hmm. so i see amazing filmmakers who i work with and i see their soul purpose shine through and i love that I can, with my spiritual kind of techniques that i put into our business help on their help them on their journeys by adding this kind of sprinkling to the films that we work on to get them seen Mm. um it's just a different approach i think it's good because obviously everyone's got competitors i mean my niche is extremely small but there aren't many people that do what I do even to this day like it's been what 10 years on there's not like there's thousands of us there's still mm. only like a small handful but everyone brings their own unique energy to mm. each project and the way that they work and their businesses so it's like again it goes back to the sole purpose is that we each have everyone has their own sole purpose within them but it's not identical say for example we go to a hairdresser mm-hmm. and they both do beautiful haircuts and a big blowout but although they're mo well, they both might be absolutely beautiful, they're not identical, there's only own unique stamp, and that's mm-hmm. the same thing that I bring into my teaching. Is that there aren't mm. many people in the film industry who do draw upon spiritual techniques because not some of them do, but that's some of right. them don't because they're not in that way inclined, which is fine, not yeah. they're not they don't have to be. But the way that I do it is to take that approach so we get the best results for our clients because we're one and the same.
0: Yeah. So do you find that you have clients that uh, that come to you and they're not spiritual and suddenly they, from working with you, aside from getting their films uh, shown and worked on, suddenly they discover new things like, oh, wow, you know, this this opened me in a completely, totally different way. I mean, do you have that? Because And on the other side, people say, listen, I just want to get my film done. I understand, you know, I know what I want. This is what I want. This is how I want it. Can you, I mean, do you have those two aspects in your in your work? Do you find it? Does that happen?
1: Yes. So how it tends to happen is well, those that aren't particularly very spiritually minded or don't live by certain spiritual techniques, um, they tend to come in and have obviously different energy, which is fine. But then I tend to then bring into our conversations as I, work with them, as I work with them for like you know about a year sometimes or more I tend to bring into the conversations you know things about how it's manifesting that we'd get mm-hmm. a really good result in the festival circuit and we get this certain festival and that festival and then they think they then they see it happening in reality and then they think oh so what's this how do we manifest mm-hmm. so I explain how we manifest in the right way to get the results that we're visualizing and what we're in tune with and how, how we let go and how we don't form particular attachment to it that we just get results that be the best for the film mm-hmm. and it kind of makes them a bit more open-minded and they're like oh I didn't know about that because it's not I what see. they were brought up with
0: so what was so what was your uh did you grow did you you're also in LA coming from LA right
1: that's right so I can't get to LA at this moment in time because of coronavirus obviously.
0: here is LA LA for you a little bit here
1: beautiful (laughs) i'm missing the sun thank you for that sun i can't wait to get there honestly um so yeah i have an apartment in la and i'm based there and have an office there and i'll be moving there permanently when i can get on get over there um but yes i was i'm actually english obviously and i was born in worcestershire and then moved to wales and now Mm. london and now la so i'm always back and forth la uk all the time Mm. um then the move was going to be in april <laughs> so that <Yeah>. couldn't happen <laughs> yeah, for the yeah. obvious um but yeah but it won't be too long now i'll be there very soon
0: yeah god willing and and thankfully and and <laughs> you're and you're healthy thank god so that's yes, good
1: I'm very grateful for that very grateful.
0: That's, that's great so tell me what was your what was your breaking point what happened you, you were you were kind of you're kind of brushing through it that this happened and you know your spiritual awakening you got what were you? I mean, how were you before, and how did it really shift you? What What, what was going on in your life that that this happened? Because everything has a reason. Everything that happens here in the physical realm has a spiritual and reason, uh, re, uh, a spiritual cause and reason.
1: So, what th- happened with you? I think actually, i I'm not in the world of academia anymore, and it's not something I'll ever go back to. I'm kind of mm-hmm. I'm done with it is that I needed to do that, I needed to go that far and go to Aberystwyth in Wales to then be introduced to the Aperture Horror Festival. If i had not done that, there would be no film festival doctor company, nothing would exist. And if Gaz had not created that festival, that was that was the festival director, Gaz Gaz Bailey, mm-hmm. if he'd not have done that and asked me, then I would never have known this is what I'm supposed to be doing in my life. And it's amazing. I'm so grateful for him to mm. ask me, but also create this absolute baby that he did or that all those years ago. Um, so that was the sole purpose when I when I found out what that was, I didn't know that the time it wasn't until later it wasn't until when i moved to london uh-huh. that i actually got more spiritually in tune because there's more spiritual kind of humanities ah. around there and the first person that introduced me to the spirituality and law of attraction and manifestation was marie diamond mm-hmm. so you I talk about her, her in the
0: book i think
1: i do yes yeah. marie actually marie kindly read it and she loved it and she has on the front cover a yeah. quote which i'm very grateful for yeah. um so that's wonderful yeah so i met with her she's in the book quite a bit and we met at an event our dear friend a mutual friend phil introduced us it was so random at this event she was there hmm. like wow she's a very established woman and she's great and um, and she told me about um, how to raise my vibration, wear different colours, and change my yeah. energetic branding, and all this stuff. I was like, "What's this?" And she said about the secret. I was like, "What's the secret?" So I didn't know any of this. I just knew about angel cards making mm-hmm, at the time. Mm-hmm, but then, mm-hmm. then, I got into that world, and I then thought, "Ah, okay, this is interesting." So then I began to become more like spiritually in tune and I had like psychic readings and angel card readings the whole lot um then obviously you go through the whole journey of who you can who resonates who doesn't all that kind of stuff so it was quite a journey but I think that really kicked in and it hit home was when I split up with my um ex-boyfriend at the time and that triggered off um a bout of depression and just feeling very sad for a long time and then it was spirituality that saved me and help me get out of that and then become a stronger person, businesswoman and build up my business. It really helped me a lot. And that was through cosmic ordering and feng shui.
0: Yeah. What, what in that, uh, you said, uh, save, I mean, did you have a good relationship uh, at home? I mean, did you have support you, or were you, you know, out um, and about and by yourself and, and oh, things happen? Uh,
1: it was kind of more independent because um, mm-hmm. I mean, my mum and dad supported me at first. They weren't mum well, first, but I wasn't really sure. Mum was like, Oh, but then they saw it work. And over time it built up and they were fine. You know, so it shows there's a, it's established business, but there was a little bit funnier at first, but then it was kind of me to really drive it because your sole purpose never lets you down. So it always helps you get through any kind of problems mm-hmm. or stuck in the rut or whatever happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always there to, to help you go in the right direction, so I had to just trust in have the faith. So it doesn't feel like I did at the time because I was like getting a bit nervous sometimes and worrying. But then when I found this tribe of spirituality and the spiritual kind of teachers that came part of my inner circle, I changed dramatically and it helped me a lot. I mean, it's been a massive challenge now during the pandemic in terms of getting to LA because that's been my main thing. To mm-hmm. you know, it's a big move there. I've got my apartment ready. But because no one tells you what's going on everything changes every minute it really is difficult to be grounded and I'm I've certainly certainly been a challenge but I'm getting there um, it's just another challenge that everyone's everyone's going through some kind of thing with that but then I always know that I just be supportive about the right timings of things yeah. and it's always been there to protect you and you're never going to be alone you always notice that when, you, when your perception widens when you become more spiritually aligned you then see how the universe works with mm-hmm. you and how you co-create together and yeah. that makes you feel a lot more secure
0: yeah that's that's true i always say that challenging our perception is like going to a gym for our imagination because it's really it's it's, 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 uh, this this muscle of imagination you know and 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 imagining is you know many people some people will discredit it because imagination is associated with being a kid or oh stop imagining stop dreaming so just do something and 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 where the power really lies is in our intention, is in our words. In the work that I do, I work with words. How do we say what we say? What place do we inhabit within ourselves when we ask or when we request for something or when we do something? Because really the place that we're in or how, how we are with ourselves defines what we do. You know, exactly. kind of like gives it the, rather than the other way around. Many times we're kind of looking the other way around. You know, growing up in all this social structure, as uh, many many times people will look at what they do and say oh, this is me, uh, yep. but it's the other way around how we're, mm-hmm. and and uh, so so this lead so let's talk about your book, okay, yep. when, when okay, so you understand that uh, that that you have a special niche in this, mm-hmm. and maybe you and I will talk because of uh, my documentary and stuff like that. That'll be interesting. Yep. Uh, but you have an niche. How do you come about writing a book? You know, somebody uh, offered you something, and then you're talking about spiritual branding, right? Is that right? Think, uh... Yeah.
1: So the book happened again. It's like the whole by accident thing. So it's like with my family, my sole purpose, and my dream career. <laughs> so during the pandemic, um, I became quite inspired to write because I haven't written for a long time. But I launched a blog on my my website. Mm-hmm. And I was actually asked to um, contribute to a book that was published in India called Unique Positive Stories to Inspire You. Hmm. And they wanted me to share my life story, like a very in depth interview, not like just a page, but like 10 pages. So Mm -hmm. it was quite, quite mad. But I was like, okay, it sounds like fun. It was actually for a good cause. And um, a publishing company called Butterfly House Publishing, who published the book, they read it. And she said, wow, you ever thought about. you know, writing your own story, telling your own story. I said, No, never. I never really thought about it because I never really thought about going back to writing or academia for that matter. Hmm. And she said, Well, this is quite an interesting story. So maybe think about writing a book and we can teach you how and then we can publish it and have an editor, that wonderful. kind of thing, the whole lot. And I thought, I had a thought and I was like, Well, let me think about it. I know we have time in the pandemic more than I have probably any other time in the world. But this book was inside of me. And then I realized that the feedback I got from that particular interview that she had read in the Indian magazine, um, they all said, we really resonated with your story that it helped reduce kind of my fear, she said, of, uh, of running my own business and isolation whilst running it and loneliness mm. and 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 getting on edge and worrying. She said, it helped me just relax me and, and ground me. And I was like, oh, the pen has just dropped. That's it. Well, I love everything about the world of business and spirituality, and that's what I do every day: is business and spirituality together as one through mm. me and my soul purpose. So I thought, right, I know what I've got to do. I need to write this book that's in me and get it out to the world to help the people, and that is a book which helps you tap into your soul purpose, mm-hmm. figure out what it is that you're born to do, yes. and then helps you set up your first business using the right spiritual practices and business yeah. techniques.
0: That's that's inspiring. That's really wonderful. That's really inspiring. You know, uh, sometimes the process can be backwards. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I remember when I started film, I didn't go to film school, but I had a, mm-hmm. an executive producer that uh, just told me, just buy the camera and we'll sit together. Do the film. Go shoot. Okay. And then he sat with me and, and taught me film on my film. He gave me film school for like five months, every day in my studio in Boston. I lived in Boston at that time. And I learned film on my film as, as wow. we were working on my film. So this was like a really great blessing. And- what happened many times is that, you know, it's like we say, or oh, once I, it's, it's similar to what we say, once I feel this, I'll do this. Once I'll feel better, or once I'll feel inspired, I'll do this. But many times it's the other way around. So we have to actually get ourselves into some kind of an action, some kind of a movement that will trigger that a spiritual place and the spiritual place is many the creative the creative I consider the spiritual place the action the doing something is is the the manifesting so sometimes it is the other way around sometimes we have to do something in order to jumpstart our 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 creative process maybe
1: it's spot on, you're right there, is that learning on the job is the best way because I had like no business background or business training. Everything was in the PhD. The PhD helped me to figure out how to identify a gap in the market, mm. that being in the film industry. And also it did help me um, become like super, super organized because you have to be able to the paperwork and how you organize the mm-hmm. research and all mm-hmm. these books mm-hmm. you've got to read and how to streamline it. So that's all learning on the job and you learn mm-hmm. those techniques. That mm-hmm. was really valuable, but I didn't know any, you know, I was, I like, I went backwards like you just described because mm-hmm. you like learn on the job, how to film, yeah. et cetera, you know, not, not having in a lecture theater, but actually on the job and with regards to, um, uh, with myself and with my business, it was the same because it was literally I, I, was, I was not a typical entrepreneur I was like entrepreneurs tend to be those who've worked in business for many years and they find the gap and then they use those skills they've accumulated to launch the business and it goes quite quickly it was not it was the other way around it was like learning to become an entrepreneur the backwards way mm-hmm. um, like got the sole purpose now but then how do we figure out how to get it all in shape and all over the shop the intention was always there and was always strong and always good um, but it was just very much like not a linear way
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, not not linear way. That's um, and so and so now you are so so your clients are uh, you're still working with them because now they're now it's a virtual. So now you have to have actually uh, uh, a different kind of a niche because now everything is online. So there That's are no right. film festivals that you can go to per se. Do you find it harder or easier to manage and to?
1: Um, I'd say to honestly, it's the same. Um, because it involves the same amount of organising, um, promotion. You know, it's just not. We're just not there live. A yeah. lot of festivals now are starting to open back up in limited capacity, and also the hybrid model. So hybrid is where it's partly online and partly oh, live. Okay, okay, makes sense. So, so it's like maybe like reduced capacity in cinema theater, in cinema screenings, or drive-ins, mm-hmm. or outdoor. Mm-hmm. And then they're having as well the industry part, like the networking and the masterclasses and the industry panels online to a global audience that can't get over there because of travel restrictions. So it's working well and had to adjust very quickly because um when this all kicks off the pandemic, I was at the Cinequest Film Festival in San mm-hmm. Jose, mm-hmm. Which is a brilliant, Oscar, Oscar qualifying film festival. Okay. Amazing people, um, really, really good. And um halfway through that, to reschedule it to August because. Um, the pandemic had just about to kick off. It was in March the 16th. So, you know, it's right at the height of it. And it was really stressful. Every day, we'll talk, talk about coronavirus every single day. It drives you mad. Um, but it was like, what's going on? Because every festival from then on had to reschedule, cancel the whole lot. Wow. It was yeah, yeah, it was yeah. insane. Um, but then it was all a case of them moving online. And some of them did it really well. Some of it was new. So it was all very much like trial and error, as you said, learn the job. And some did it really well, so Everyone was different, but mm. they adapted really well and really quickly um, because they didn't have much time, but they did it well by able to put everything on the right kind of show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the same because I actually it was happening every day and I was like, oh, my God. And I went to the very last festival, I think, in the whole world that went live, which was the... Um, wild Film Festival in California at the um, in the middle of March okay. and it was everything then stopped but I went to the last one I also went to the first festival in the UK that went up live because I was making sure I was there in August <laughs> which was great um, but yeah it was there was no massive difference just having to adapt to the online world but also how the filmmakers adapt to this new, this new yeah. normal for the time being
0: that's right yeah interesting so uh well i mean so you don't go out uh, so you you doing all, really all the preparations talking to all the people and everything but you just don't go out you're just pretty much at home so i mean that's kind of i mean there are going to be a lot of things that are going to stay uh that are going to stay uh remote like all these meetings uh all these things that can be done virtually um but this is really where we discover really what is meaningful you know yes. before the coronic era uh, you know, many people were just dive like in their iPhones, iPads. You know, I don't know you, who you are. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't smile at me. Mm-hmm. And 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 now, um, and now it's we discover really what's important, what's really crucial is the connection because this is really what we long for. This is really what we're designed to be connected to belong. Do you find this uh, in in how the film? industry involved do you find that as well Um, that evolution of connection the topics even the horror topics i don't know maybe i don't know how it will work in horror but uh, oh i really feel for you let me kill you no i'm not i'm just (laughs) being but (laughs) do you find it also in, in in film industry this this change in
1: Yes, there has been a shift that has been a lot more collaborative. Film is always collaborative, you know, all the time, but people don't, so people don't always make the effort. But now it's been very much a big collaboration. When the mm. pandemic began in the middle of in the middle of March, everybody then began to give free workshops, free support groups, free yeah. talks, free webinars. I remember upcoming... I was
0: on that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, coming together as a team and coming together as one and it felt lovely. There was no like any bad energy. It was very supportive. It's still there now. Um, even though film production has opened up in the States and in the U and the UK, um, people are still, you know, there coming together as one in this together it's not just one country that's got mm-hmm. it like china mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. the whole of the world that's been affected yes. um so that's why they've been a lot more supportive and coming together communally um and it's nice to see that because it wasn't always there it was there to a degree but now it's a lot more evident and mm-hmm. more visual more yeah. vocal about it so i'm glad that that's happened because i think it has put a shift in things the pandemic hasn't talked a lot of things about ourselves yeah, for and sure. our communities for sure. um well, thing you when it has proved and what also what my book does mention not in the book but now i can say it now is that when the pandemic kicked off it shows that you can't rely on anybody but yourself there is no job for life anymore that's right that's not guaranteed job for life
0: yourself. well i think that was starting earlier even you know people that companies were f- i don't know how in england but yeah but but, but i know what you mean yeah
1: yeah
0: was no job yeah the things things shifted exactly so so the book, so what is the book really uh, giving to a person who is seeing us now and uh, we're talking about the book and they're, you know, they're in the film industry or they're in spiritual, spirituality and they may, may, what is the book, is the book a guide? This is like kind of gave me, it's like a book is like almost like a, like a benchmark guide. It's like...
1: That's right. So it's definitely a guided, it's a self-help book. Um, I think of it as a how-to book because it gives you in the book um, worksheets at the end, that like to make your notes, because there are tasks at the end of each chapter mm-hmm. to help you tune into your self-purpose at the beginning, to help you get the hang of cosmic ordering of manifestation and feng shui, the whole lot. So it's very much a very well-organized book. And it's for those kind of people who have maybe dabbled in spirituality before, or know of it, or have done bits, but don't know how to take it to, to next level, and the book tells them how to do that, yeah. and it's for their business. So yeah. it teaches you at the beginning to how to tap in and tune into your sole purpose, so you know by the end of the book what it is and how to start. And also you have the tools and in the toolbox to uh, launch your first business and put in the um, essential practices of business that you need to put in there. Business practices. Mm-hmm and spiritual techniques that will help um, get the results you want for your clients and yourself. And just generally get yourself in a routine where you'll integrate spirituality into your business infrastructure.
0: So we, 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 we say spirituality, and we talked until now, spirituality, spirituality, and, and you know, and it's just like... Uh... Spirituality for to 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 give you an example of a a, a word that is similar in a very generic term is like when people say on the contrary, people say PTSD, right? There's so much, so much that can go into PTSD, right? So there's so much that can go into spirituality. So if you're watching now, you know, for example, one of the things that that I say about spirituality, what how does spirituality manifest? One of the things is mindfulness is to be mindful and aware because really this work, the spiritual, I come from uh, bringing, pushing spirituality and pushing mindfulness and awareness into into consciousness, right? And uh, and you're coming here with a tangible thing of filmmaking. I'm filmmaking. Okay, so uh, I'm a filmmaker. So it's, it's also when we do the business, when we do business, any kind of business, uh, it's really mindfulness is being aware. It's how do we relate to other people? How do we relate to ourselves? What kind of practice do we have? Is it is it an honest practice? Is it you know? Is it all these kind of things? So when you're speaking spirituality techniques, maybe you can share with with us. Um, give me one one things or two things, or one thing that you are talking about in the book that can be somewhat a tangible point where we can take it from here.
1: So one of the things I mention is cosmic ordering. That's in chapter seven. Okay. And cosmic ordering is literally placing. An order with the universe so the uh, one of my mentors and she's actually the uh, um a very very wonderful author and she's published her own book called cosmic ordering made easier how to get more mm. what, how to get more of what you want more often mm. so i came across her um when i wanted to look into cosmic ordering more deeply because I'd, I'd heard about it that people say you put like a list together and then it all comes together. I didn't know what it was, Mm -hmm. but she, in her book, it's incredible. And she teaches you how to place your cosmic orders. So what it is essentially asking the universe for what you want and it arrives. So Mm it's like going to a restaurant. So you order pizza, chips and lemonade. That's what you want. You place the order, then it arrives. It's the same thing. So she says that what you do with this technique she taught me in the book is you say, what I really want is, a car parking space when I arrive into Larchmont Village in Los Angeles. At the end, you say, for the good of all concerned. And you have to say that, she says, because um, that will ensure that no one should ever lose out in order for you to gain. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, it's a fair order. So it's mm-hmm. for, you know, for the good of all mm-hmm. concerned. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let me give this a try with the car parking order. And that occurred, no problem. And then you can, then, and as I mentioned in the book, is I explain how to integrate. That technique into your business infrastructure. So, for example, I say in the mornings that when I do my cosmic ordering, I turn my goals into cosmic orders. Say, for example, that I really would love to get one of my films into into a film festival today. We've done all the submissions, so we have got you know plenty of um, seeds have been planted. Waiting for responses, so let's see what comes in. So, I say what I'd what I'd really want is for one of my films to be uh, invited to screen at a film festival today, for the good of all concerned. Let it go, and then it comes in during the day. It can come in an yeah. hour later, halfway through the day, the evening, overnight, whatever. It'll come in, mm-hmm. and then it's done, and then you get more results, come in, happy clients, and it makes you really excited. So that's an example of putting it into your business infrastructure.
0: That's wonderful. And, and we both, we, we're both doing it in different ways. This program, for example, is called Abracadabra,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: Create what you speak. Abracadabra literally is in Aramaic, and it mm-hmm. literally says, "evra I create as I speak. Nice. Right, so this is one of the things that myself practice, and I know when you're saying that about asking for something and how it comes and how it manifests, I do the same thing, how how things work and how things come. And the people that I meet that day, that week, what is happening that day, that week, y- you know, I can list things and it is, uh, it's just uh, pure, um, you know, magic no it is pure magic it is pure creation it is it is creation yep. and so so abracadabra you know that's it's where we're, we're we're talking similar languages just different languages
1: of course absolutely i agree with that totally you're right um it's a similar thing and it's the same intention and it's the same mm. good energy behind it Spot on.
0: that's wonderful that's wonderful um you know i'm really uh really excited that, 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 you came, the, the book, um, what, uh, we, we, Rebecca, we are, we are, <laughs> it has been, when, when we're having fun, sometimes flies, time flies, uh, we're towards the end. Um, last, last, uh, words that you can share with, with everybody about your book or about your work, about you, anything that you feel that comes to you right now. So for
1: those of you who purchased the book, Obviously, very grateful and very pleased that you've brought it. What I would really love um to happen is for every person that reads the book to feel that they got a lot of value from it and they feel one step closer towards knowing exactly what it is that they're born to do and they mm. have the tools to do it and actually they'll feel had the confidence to go ahead and do it.
0: Oh, Amen. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Abracadabra.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: create what you speak. Create that. Rebecca Smith. Thank you so very much for being here. Uh, author of the book Born to Do It, um, a filmmaker uh, and 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 a film doctor, uh, the film festival doctor. And uh, thank you for you who have been here. If you are here, that means that you had to be here. Bring your light. Bring your light to the world. Shine your light. Thank you, Rebecca, very much. Thank and, you. It's, uh, a, thank it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And have a wonderful, wonderful week.
1: You too. You're listening to Abracadabra. Create what you speak with Elon Zulai Only on LA Talk Radio.
0: Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day?
1: your cast.